so we're going to go along to that. But that's going to be the most people we've been around in a long time. And it's yeah, going to be yeah. real fucking weird because, like, like I can I can usually hold my own with new people. Like, I can I can shoot mm. shit pretty well. Mm-hmm, like, I've mm-hmm. got I've developed that skill over the years. But I'm wondering how much it's taken a hit since the only people I've talked to are, you know, <laughs> my wife, people I already know from work, and you. Like, yeah. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. So, uh, slightly wondering how that's going to be. And also slightly I mean, wondering I, how I, other people are going to be. I was well. going to say, you're probably you're probably going to be fine because everybody will be in the same boat, right? Like, probably. That's not, probably. Like, everybody's still going to be, like, fairly unfamiliar with um, yeah. social engagements. Gentlemen of the internet, this is the Game Engine Start podcast for the 10th of August 2021. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. And we are recording this on li- live as we are recording this podcast is the end of the Tokyo Olympics. Um, mm. Which yep. is, is, is really weird because I like watching the Olympics, but I can't watch the Olympics this time because it all happens at like 3 a.m. Yep. Uh, how do you so even I watch see... it? Is it just BBC here? Is that the yeah, it's just BBC. Okay. Yeah. I know that's the only place you can watch it, but the BBC coverage is fine. Okay. Um, there's some stuff. So the 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 one the couple of things that I managed to catch, the one thing I was really impressed with was skateboarding. Yes. Which is now an Olympic sport. Yep. The thing I was impressed, it wasn't just because it was like, oh, like a 14-year-old won a silver medal or something like that, which was pretty cool, but... The and the tricks were impressive. Like it was obviously like it was it was cool. It was interesting to sit and watch. But like when I watched it, uh, everybody was doing Olympic skateboarding runs wearing earbuds. Yep. Like uh-huh. they all had they all and like I was sitting. I was we're sitting watching this with a bunch of our friends, like baffled at how these people are allowed to have their headphones in in the middle of an Olympic competition. So like. Worse than that, the clip I, I've been consuming most of my Olympics via Twitter because people point to me at cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I most of the stuff that I watch is highlights, which is on like YouTube and Twitter and stuff. Like that. Um, but the one I saw was one of the skateboarders who had his phone out, put his phone in his pocket, and then went and did an Olympic run. And yeah. I'm just like so that, that that was that was going to be my point is like um, so you're you're like some kid at the Olympics doing skateboarding and you're allowed earpods like. What are you listening to right. at the Olympics? Like, right. what is it? What is your playlist for your Olympic skateboarding run? Also, it's AirPods. What happens when you fall over and they go like flying out your ears and stuff like that? But it's oh yeah, it's. I was sitting talking to people about this. Is like you, you are an Olympic skateboarder, and it is your time to do a run. Like for you, it's kind of easy because I know that you would just put on the fucking like SSX three soundtrack or yeah, whatever, uh-huh. and like. It's yeah. what I did when I snowboarded, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just put you put on the, the songs from the SSX soundtrack that you yep. liked in Rubber and you're like, yep, that, that's good. That's the one. But like, what are those people listening to? Like, I really I really badly want to know what those people had on their phones. Like, because so there, there was a couple of times where, um, back in the olden times when you could do this, um, when people would go to like magic tournaments and stuff right. like that, 
there was a couple of the professionals I followed like would take photos of like their playlist. Um, oh really? Okay. That they had on. Like I I disagree completely with the whole wearing headphones thing during a match. Like I I disagree with that completely. But you're allowed to do it, so some mm-hmm. people do. And they would post like their their Spotify playlist of like here's what I've been listening to this tournament. And I thought that was pretty cool. I want that for Olympic skateboarders. Um, <laughs> what is their playlists? Yeah. Yeah. What What are they listening to? Like I, I it's it, it it still baffles me that not only are Olympic skateboarders allowed to listen to stuff, but well, it's still I in that. To, I need to know what they're listening to. It's in that sweet spot where, because it's such a new Olympic sport, I think rock climbing was the other one that was new this year, or like not, it's not so, rock yeah. climbing, but the, whatever the proper term for rock climbing is. Um, where it's in that great part where they haven't had like tens of years of like, you know, like uh, every year when it's the swimming, and every year there's some controversy because some company has got like aerodynamic suits that they've yeah, been working yeah, yeah. on for four years. Yeah. It's like, oh, this knocks a tenth of a second off your speed. Like, that just doesn't exist for these sports yet because it's the first time, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, give it ten years and it'll be like, well, this is a mega skateboard that's made of carbon fiber and fucking whatever. <laughs> we but, made like, this super light skateboard. So it's in this early stages where there basically are no rules except for, like, or they've taken, like, whatever the rules are for normal professional skateboarding and just gone, like, okay, let's just, give it medals yeah, do that. Yeah. while they work along with it give, it give it a scoring system and do give it exactly. medals yeah um so it's really cool like so yeah for me it was it was skateboarding was cool watching the rock climbing was amazing because i it's it's astounding there's a, there's a moment in the rock climbing which i hadn't anticipated which was they they have like a team chat before it starts mm. where you see them planning the route up because they've never seen the wall obviously yeah it's yeah it's, it's a fresh wall or whatever. so they sit down there and you can just see them do hand signals to each other as they're discussing like how the path they're going to take up yeah. and then when they go and there's like shoot up this fucking wall it's amazing so i, I never caught the rock climbing is that about speed is that it's, what that it's is? like first okay. to the top or like speed to the top basically right um okay. yeah it's wild and then like the what's the other one did you see the 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 horse riding, the not not dressage, the what do you call like the fancy jumping, fancy horse jumping? Is it just horse jumping? jumping? Show jumping. I think Thank it's you. Show That's jumping, the word. Yeah. Um, the the woman who so it it revealed a thing about that I had never thought about. Where basically what happened was the woman who was doing it, she was at the last Olympics and won silver and had like been training the whole time. It was like she was the favorite to like take gold this year. And she got on the she got on the field, started, and the horse just refused to do anything. Like it just stopped at oh, every wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. It did all this kind of stuff. The horses, like, horses are assholes. Like that. Well, the, but it's yeah. not even that. It's not her horse, right? Because they don't. You don't take your horse with you to the Olympics. Oh, is 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 it? It's a random horse. No. So this is my oh. big realization, right? It's like, oh yeah, ah. how the fuck do you get a horse to Tokyo from? The Netherlands, or wherever she was from, I, I think. Fucking no, yeah. That's a good so point. it was like, so they Fair. give you a random horse, and part of the skill of the sport is like, can you get used to and deal with can a you horse? Break that you a horse? Yeah. yeah. And this horse just was not fucking playing ball, and it was one of these things. Which is like, like I have problems with horse riding anyway because it's like it's very unclear about how much abuse these horses get and sure, all yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. But like, just watching this horse go fuck this shit and just wandering around. I like yeah. I felt I felt bad for her because she was like in streams of tears as it got close to the end because she realized it was just not going to happen oh, after sure, four yeah. years of training. But it was just like 
this horse just did not give a fuck about anything that was happening and it was kind of it was bizarre to watch but it was that realization of right oh right yes because how the fuck are you going to put a horse on a plane right you're not yeah um i yeah i never really thought about that that's yeah, a good point exactly yeah i just assumed that like the 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 connection between horse and rider was so important that <laughs> yeah don't but don't they, they would yep. need to they would need to like no, I'm not. No, I'm not saying anything else about that. I mean, no, like, no, no. I'm just. That... I thought you were going to do a horse meat rider. No, I wasn't going to do the okay. fucking giant bomb joke. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, no, I, I assumed that like their, their like the, the the training and stuff that they go through <laughs> is important. So totally. I just assumed that like, oh yeah, you'd have your horse. Like like, kind of like a skateboarder and their skateboarder is like it's set upright just for them. Exactly. So it's but you can't do that with a horse. It's a horse for them. Yeah, you can't do that with a horse, I guess. I, I will also say like places. this is my guess considering that's what happened and I didn't see anything about like her horse like didn't make it or wasn't good to get there and she just had to take a backup horse. Like this seems like that's just the sport. Yeah. Um which I need to talk to my girlfriend about this. She knows about horses. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know what happens during the Olympic I'll ask thing. Her. Is it about yeah. training on a rando horse? I'm also assuming it's yeah, not like, like that's, that's, that's like a good point. Like, do they? Do, is I guess if that's part of the skill, they must like train on random horses. Like, right? Also, are they at like some point that is part of the training where they just get given a random horse and be exactly. like, okay, do this jump? And like, how it. much experience do the horses, the rando horses, have? Like, are they like? Because they're obviously not like fucking wild. Like you're not going to break them for the Olympics. No, I I, I, I assume that they are they are show jump trained horses. They're just not your Yours. show jump trained horse. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. And also, there's a degree of randomness because you're dealing with a live animal, right? So like it might at some point just go nah, not today, and just fucking well, blow yeah, clearly because it did. But yeah, four years of training, you know. Um, yeah, I'll need to I'll need to ask her. It was fascinating. But yeah, it, it's, I'll, 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 need to, I'll need to ask her, like, what happens in a situation where the horse just refuses to do anything? Yeah. Like, what do you do? It's, yeah. Uh, watching that guy almost kill a cameraman with a javelin. That was fun. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, that you was... should look that up. That javelin landed three feet away from that cameraman. Um, it Olympics, was... javelin. Uh, a lot of these are just like, oh, this person won the gold. Hang yeah, on. Olympics javelin. Cameraman. Yeah. Someone colliding with a cameraman. Oh, javelin world record nearly hits cameraman. Yeah, that's, yep. Longest throw for 20 layered land three feet away from the cameraman. Yep. Yeah, that's a good javelin throw. Yep. Oh, fuck! Right? <laughs> yeah, that would be scary. So yeah, we have a wedding... Abandoned his post is just like, <laughs> yep, yeah, okay. Jeez. If this is how I go, so this is how I go. Um, yeah. Apparently, I, I've been really. Was it you that was telling me about the entrance music stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was great. I loved the opening ceremony. It was that also was very good. good. Like a great mix of like, yeah, we're just going full out with like, here's Dragon Quest and. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking about it where it's like, and when it's in Tokyo and like, other, other than like their like traditional music and stuff like that, the. The, there is a lot of like cultural like importance on those early RPGs like those mm-hmm. like Final Fantasies and your Dragon Quests and stuff like that but it was it still was really weird watching the Italian Olympics team come out to the 
the Olympus music from Kingdom Hearts. Right. Like, I was like, it's very strange. And, like, there are people with, like, coming out with, like, Frog's theme from Chrono Trigger, but, like, fully orchestrated. It's, like, it was fantastic. It was oh, brilliant. yeah. But I also wonder if, like, because it's always, it's always been the interesting thing when Japan has done, like, much more, like, mainstream events like this, where you're like, okay, yeah. how, like, obviously, like, people know the ref, well, they don't know the references, but they know, like, the stuff that Japan is known for even if they don't understand sure, it yeah. so they know about anime they know about all that kind of stuff but yeah. it's, it's always that question of like well how much do you how much do you show the normies right like how much do you how much do you <laughs> really let it, go i like, think when it's music you can get away with it because they don't just, get it can just be music at that exactly point. so like if you know yeah. you know and stuff like goku at the fucking thanksgiving parade like that kind of stuff where you're like okay yeah. there's a level of like as we get older the amount of people who would participate or plan these kind of things know these things more than the previous generation would right so that's how fucking goku shows up and i also wonder especially for this like i wonder how worried not worried i wonder how japan are dealing with the fact that like like south korea is kind of starting to edge them out in terms of like cultural like penetration into the west more oh sure yeah yeah, japan's very big but like like BTS on their own have done a lot for South Korea globally, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. like people are into the K-pop becomes a big thing. So I wonder if Japan are like, right, we are going full hog. Like, here's all of our shit. Let's go. Um, it it would have been better if uh, like people came out in Gundams. That would have been cool. That would have been. <laughs> Did great. you see the BBC getting fucking? destroyed oh, he's on not Twitter? saying the word Gundam correctly. No, like, yeah, no, not even saying that. They called them Transformers. And oh, did they? Okay. The internet went. I, so I, I saw it because it was like in a bike race that went past the, the Gundam mm. Museum, and the guy I think called them Gandams or something like that. Oh no, um, that's not. And, like guy, guy got horrifically massacred on Twitter. The, the, was... one, the one I saw was like it was a really good photo actually, but it was like um, somebody on the climbing wall with like a depth of field Gundam looking directly at them in the background, and they stuck it on Twitter, oh, and it was like. Imagine being watched by a transformer as you're doing your Olympic sport, and like no, they just got no. savaged, and the co- like the, yeah. the replies were just like absolutely savage, and it was just like wow, like I, I don't know who to feel bad for in that case. Like one, who the fuck cares to do your research? Like it's great, loved it. I do, I, yeah, I, I definitely didn't. Probably the time zone differences did not get to consume much more olympics than yeah that was, and... that was that was i i kind of saw i mainly saw highlight clips yeah like, but I, I did i watched enough of the skateboarding because i yeah. thought that would be interesting and totally. it was it was, and it was. Cool it's watch. Ex- it's excellent i hope they really i need to know what those people had mm-hmm. on their goddamn playlists it has it's gonna to... be something it's gonna be something shit they're all zoomers it's gonna be like fucking travis scott or some shit it's gonna know. be it's like, gonna be everything that you hear on tiktok i assume is... yeah i assume so find, be... find them on find Olympians on Twitter are also excellent. Like, find them on Twitter and see if they actually... I just ask them. Or an Insta- <laughs> no, on Insta- they'll probably have posted it. Like, the initial... Because this happened on TikTok as well as Twitter, but, like, all the Olympians arriving at the village, like, those of them that are on the various apps are just like, yeah, here the fuck's... So like, my favourite one was the guy... I think he was a swimmer. I can't quite remember. But um, the team had a challenge, which was how many hand sanitized stations can you hit between here and the 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 pool and you just yeah. saw this but like there are so many of them on like obviously Good, correctly but like yeah. it's just like some of them are automated some of them are manuals who's so like just running after them trying to catch them to get all these it's great like they're just ah uh, 
Yeah, it was, my favorite. My favorite thing about the Olympic Village uh, was it came out before they were. So like, it's well known at this point that like, the Olympic Village is like a, a fucking orgy. Like, it's, yep. that's uh-huh. it's pretty much what I'm because like, especially if you're like going there and your events on like day one, yeah, yeah, and you're there for three weeks, four weeks, exactly. You just fuck like when you're in a village that's filled with like young, attractive, incredibly fit people, exactly. They just they who have been sex. training hard um, for four years to do this, yeah. yeah. Uh, and one of the things they were like trying to curb it especially because of the pandemic so they like they posted stuff and one of the things they said was like we have made our beds out of like so what I'm going to cut you off here because this is not true is it not true no this is not they they are made so the because I went through this whole cycle as well I did all of this and then actually started looking around when people caught me for it it's got actually nothing to do with that they are. Oh, is it not? Okay. No, well, no they... I didn't. I didn't assume. I didn't assume it was okay. specifically to curb sex. Like I don't yeah. think it was that. But um, they were. But, the, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But specifically, like one of the things that you saw on the apps when the Olympians arrived was like, okay, we need to fucking test this, and it was the the one I saw was that I think it was the Mexican gymnast team would just like leap across the room onto it. And then the like two oh, of them, fine. two of them would hold each other and then jump on it, and it was totally fine. And it was like half the team was on one of them, and it was totally yeah. fine. Yeah, like no, it's not. It was, it's not that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But it, I, is, it was I, hilarious. I thought, yeah, I thought it was really funny when people thought that was the case because it was like not only was everybody like outraged, being like they've made these beds out of cardboard, so the Olympians can't fuck. What the hell? <laughs> but um, it was like it was th- the people doing that, which was funny. Obviously, if it's not true, whatever. But like, yeah. yeah. It was, it was people doing that, and then the other people, the other people who clearly knew better, they were like, you know, there's like the floor or like catches, yes. uh-huh. or like think, there, there are other places that you. Do you think that these? Fuck. Do you think that these well-trained, fit people can't figure out how to not use a bed? You, like, you, you don't think that ninety percent of those people could do it standing up? Exactly. Like, that's not. Right. It's yeah. My favorite, it's, yeah, the one. Insane. I'm glad. I'm glad that's not true because it yeah. made no fucking sense. But that's, my favorite yeah. one though was like again. I have no idea. This was the one I couldn't figure out. But they, so they still again like one of the things of the Olympics previously was like there are just like buckets of condoms like everywhere. Yeah, to be yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they obviously don't want to like keep the same li- the orgies exactly because you know disease. Yeah. bigger disease um yeah so you say so what they're saying I mean, there's disease and then there's disease yeah. pandemic but yeah um so yeah it was so they put so they're still there but they're saying like oh no, no these are memorabilia because they're all like olympics 2021 branded and like tokyo olympic branded things i was like no you take them home as as like uh uh souvenirs <laughs> you're like really you know, the, you know the Olympic Committee branded condoms. Yeah, you, you know the things you the things you put in a frame as a souvenir. Yeah, totally. Um, and stuff's really funny. They were like, "There's nothing we can do. There's absolutely nothing." We no, can you, do. you so, can't. Like, you can't fucking stop that. Like, no, it's exactly. like especially considering that like it's a known reputation. Like now, right by now, I'm pretty sure the Olympians are looking forward to it. Like, totally. It's basically the only holiday that a lot of them will get, especially the ones yeah, that like this much. is their whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been. Is it like the people the people that get to go to the Olympics and do their event on like day two? They it must be really good for them because they like they've been training really hard like all their lives to do it, and then it finally happens and they're done. I hope they just wake up the next day and be like, "Man, fuck going to the gym. I don't want to fucking do that anymore." <laughs> What's um, the closest place I can get absolutely rattled? Like, immediately? yeah, how quickly can I get drunk yeah. right now? Like, yeah. um, it's always fascinating to watch. Um, to to see this stuff, and I'm glad that they're at least 
I don't know. It felt. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it happened. Like I'm glad it was able yeah. to happen and happen semi safely. I've not uh, heard anything about like outbreaks or anything like that. So. Yeah, all we can hope. Um, it seemed like they were doing the work at least to make it happen. But yeah, yeah, it's still. It, it we are still at that stage where I'm like, this seems like a crazy thing to be happening right now. Even though, like, oh god, yeah, dude, fucking, fucking summer slams in like two weeks. Um, and like, wrestling events have been kind of running for the past like two months or something like that with crowds right so are they still weird are they still hold up it? in florida uh no so they're they're traveling now so they can oh. actually go out i think that summer slams in vegas i think oh, okay um and there was a there were talks earlier in the week of them being like we need a contingency plan if the u.s goes into lockdown again because holy fuck it's bad like right now in the US, uh, Arizona is one of the top three like new yeah. like highest cases right now. So like, yeah, you don't wanna... all the all the like all the like southern states and stuff like that where WWE have like liked hanging out the past like pandemic um, mm-hmm. are all so fucked right now. Yep. So they're like, fuck, we need a contingency plan. Um, so that's going to be good. I'm glad that they're probably just going to run SummerSlam like nothing has happened and. <sighs> It's gonna be. It's gonna be it's great. Gonna be, it's gonna be <laughs> it's really gonna be wild. Seconds. It's gonna be really yeah. wild. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I was gonna say that this is gonna be a short show because we've not got a lot happening. But instead, we just talked about the Olympics for twenty minutes. Um, I mean, yeah, that's fucking but, as well. Yeah, totally. Um, so I don't have a lot new. Well, I've got one thing that's new, but I can probably do a quick. Um, I've got one new thing and a story that I want to tell you. Oh. Um, I don't like it when you tell stories. That's yeah. Not. So. So the new thing, anyway, so I picked up, I finally picked up, my pronunciation of this is going to be terrible, Moondown, Moondawn, M-U-N-D-A-U-N, which was a game that... Hang on, wait, wait, spell it again? M-U-N-D-A-U-N. Um, it's a horror, it's a Mundown. narrative horror game from a Swiss, Swiss studio, Switzerland studio, I think. Hidden Fields um, is the name of yeah, the Hidden developer. Fields, yeah. Um, so it had come to me because uh, Case Explosion on Twitter is always a good follow for uh, indie game recommendations. And yeah, they had been talking about... Yeah, and they've been talking about um, this game for a while as like one of the best things to come out this year. And I saw it was on sale. And I was like, sure, fine. Um, it is... So it's a first-person... <sighs> survival horror kind of, kind of walking simulator-style game. But it has this aesthetic that is something else. So it's like, it's not black and white, it's uh, sepia. And all yeah. of the textures are pencil drawn. So it's like pencil shaded and... Um, oh, that's kind of why... Stuff. I'm looking at the trailer right now. That's yeah. why this looks so weird. Okay. Yeah, so all the textures are pencil drawings, including like all the artwork and faces and all this kind of stuff. And it really has this aesthetic there's two descriptions for aesthetic one is like a kind of vaguely ps1-esque like very low poly yeah. stuff I, was say, I just saw i saw one of the characters just start yeah. talking and was like that's so, very ps1 yeah. so the other the slightly more specific aesthetic is so there's a period of time in like 3d pc gaming before skeletal animation was a thing where mm. um so rather than like drawing lines to represent bones tying vertexes to bones and then moving the bones the only way you could get animation was to individually move vertices on a 3D model as like a bunch of keyframes, basically. Yeah. And it was so weird looking for a while. Like, it, obviously, like at the time it didn't matter because it was like we we're still reeling from the fact that these characters were moving in 3D. But like, 
animations were not smooth. They were very jerky. They very unrealistic. It kind of, it's got a similar feel to what was the name of that really short Paratopic, the the old horror game from last year, I think it was. That had a similar kind of thing. But this feels very much like that, where none of the animations are particularly skeletal. They're very like it looks like they've been kind of hand animated the whole time. Um, Our topic was that thing that looked like Half Life One, right? Was yes, that the, and had the a long chest tape. Thing? Yes, it was that one. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's so I, I'm like couple three hour, three four hours into it, maybe. Um, it's really like there's two there's two parts. The like walking around puzzle solving inventory management part of it, like the kind of survival horror part of it, is really good. It's really effective. The setup is basically like you go to. You get you get a letter saying your grandfather, your grandfather's um, the barn in your grandfather's farm was uh, ignited. He was in it. He passed away. Mm. But don't come to the town. We're dealing with it. We're just letting you know. We'll right. send you out stuff. And you go well. What the fuck? I'm going. You get this bus up to this like remote mountain town in Switzerland. I assume it's set in Switzerland because it's the studio. But I could I could be wrong. Yeah. It's definitely that. But all the it's it's none of it's in English, so, um, and you go up to this town, and yes, the barn you find your father's farm. The barn's been set on fire, but he's also been. It's not like he was caught unawares; like he was locked inside the barn when it went off. Ah, okay, yeah. And his house is fine, but there's definitely some weird shit happening in this town, and it's got a very kind of like midsummer style feel to right. it. Yeah. Um, this kind of remote town where some weird shit's happening. Um. And then as you explore the town, like, yeah, it's basically from there on, it's like, and it keeps do it keeps surprising me with mechanics or not even mechanics. Like, it, yeah, it kind of keeps surprising me with like little mechanics of like, oh, weird, there's driving in this. I would not have expected that. Oh, right. There's like oh, yeah, this light sure. puzzle solving. There's the kind of stuff. Um, and I really like the feel of it. I really like what they're doing with it, with what seems like a quite a small team. Um, but there's also combat in inverted commas where there are um there are like things that will try and kill you and the only weapon i've had so far is like a a a pitchfork which breaks eventually um and takes like you can maybe get like one and a half of them with the pitchfork before it breaks and then the other option is that you have matches and all the 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 creatures enemies whatever they are are made of hay or are wrapped in hay so they can be ignited but you can't ignite them directly you need to ignite like fire that uh, hay that's near them that draws a trail to them in order to be able to take to them right so, okay. be- so the combat becomes slightly more puzzly rather than actiony and like it's a bit stealthing your way around this area um yeah. and and kind of getting there and like if they see you like they can remote kill you very quickly so it becomes like this kind of stealth thing um it starts to feel a little bit kind of like the problems I had with like Soma and Abdu- uh, not Abduction. Yes. Observer? Observer. 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 Yeah. Where it was like all the horror and exploration stuff and world building stuff is super, super good. And then yeah. they throw the combat in and it's kind of not, or there's too much of it maybe. Um, yeah. But I cranked the combat difficulty down to easy and it's getting slightly better, but it's just not providing. Did they ever implement that version of Soma that had no monsters? Yes. They totally patched it. Oh, okay, good. You people should need to play that. <laughs> people should play fucking Soma. Soma is excellent, and they fixed that. Yeah, one Soma's problem. fantastic, but especially if you got rid of all the monster sequences, that game's amazing. Totally, yeah. still one of the best video game endings I've ever 
come across yeah. like mm-hmm. oh, for sure fuck yeah so good a very 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 powerful ending yeah um but yeah so it's got parts of that but i cranked difficulty down to easy and it's doable but it still feels a little bit it doesn't feel fully thought out it feels a little bit janky still um but generally like i, I like what i've played so far it's got a really good sure. idea to it and it's got a really good feel and not a lot of, it's not like a jump scary game it's a lot more kind of psychological than that but it's 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 effective for what they're trying to do mm-hmm. um like i said it's got a real kind of midsummer like nothing about this feels quite right and then shit starts popping off and you're like oh okay sure um so does that that was the new thing i've played very quick right. vr update because there are a lot of couple of small vr things happened um contractors which is the game that is one of the like first person shooter trifecta uh, vr games where like you've got onward which is like arma and zero caliber which is like call of duty and then somewhere in the middle like kind of vaguely csgo-esque is contractors um they added a single and multiplayer basically like horde mode like survival mode and it really shows it rekindles like why vr is very effective for this kind of stuff where it is like it's the thing i wanted which weirdly not a lot of vr games have really done well where it's like it's wave of waves of ai controlled enemies you're reasonably vulnerable and you have to deal with weaponry the way you would normally deal with weaponry like properly eject magazines hit like pull slides do all that kind of stuff while under fire while you don't have a lot of health all that kind of stuff and it's super effective and really fun and it's a free update and it and it does like four player co-op as well, which is pretty good. Um yeah, it's just it's it's a really good sure. It's one of the best ones, definitely on VR. I'd highly recommend oh. it. Um Re- The Secret of Retro The Secret of Retropolis, I think is the pronunciation. Um yeah. it's a hour long kind of narrative adventure thing where you don't really move about you don't move about your static, but you just kinda of look around areas and, and manipulate mm-hmm. stuff. And um, it's got a super good aesthetic. Did you ever see the intro to I Expect You to Die? And it's got that Bond style, like motion graphic intro yeah. that you're in the middle yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that times a thousand, and the whole game looks like that. It's oh, cool. like a very kind of um, art deco, near like metropolis style aesthetic to it, but everyone is a robot. Um, it just looks super okay. like with a touch of like Futurama in there as well. Um, right. All the animation runs at like 15 frames a second intentionally, and it's just, it's a really cool thing. It's a thing that like if you saw it on a screen, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a kind of cool aesthetic." But see, when you're like in the world, like in VR, it's super effective. It's really well voice acted, and it's like this hours worth of story that's just kind of cool. Uh, and it seems like it's an experiment that spi- spiraled off of a student project that they're like, "Oh yeah, this did well enough where we can like, okay, we can tell more stories in this world." It's very cool. Um, it's like a like kind of uh, noir like 20s detective drama but robots it's very good it's very funny i like it um so that's worth a look as well and they're very finally mask maker which is the new game from the studio behind a fisherman's tale which was like the size changing puzzle game um so they have a new game out which is very cool it's the story of a mask maker and their apprentice and what happens to this store that you come across in the street. Um, and the mechanics are basically like, so you, you, you make Mardi Gras masks and when you put the mask on, you're transported to a different world. And 
the other humans in this world are all frozen in time, but they're also all wearing masks. So what you have to do is like progress to a certain area, scope them out to see what their mask looks like, come back to the real world and make that mask so that you then take ah. over their body and progress through the story. So there's a lot of like body right, swapping okay. and switching and all this kind of stuff. But also the interaction yeah. with building a mask is really cool, where you start with a block of wood, you grab a chisel with one hand and a hammer with one hand, and you fucking chisel out this mask, which is really cool. You put it over to the painting station, you paint sections of this mask, you put adornments on it. There's like extenders that do stuff, and you're building these fucking masks, and it's a really smart satisfying interaction which is a big part of what makes vr vr um and it's like the puzzles are pretty good there's um it it, yeah it's a really cool experience i i I really like really super well voice acted very atmospheric um really good style to it yeah it's just very cool if you want to look um so yeah the last thing so fuck so we've talked about game pass on here quite a lot about yeah. how good a value it is and like it's basically like if you play a yeah. lot of stuff on pc or console like it's kind of a no-brainer at this point considering the value you get so we lost um so we were looking for games to play basically and we jumped on game pass and was like okay what are the co-op games we have in game pass and we, i said last time we start playing gears 5 so last monday we jumped on we're like cool let's finish gears 5 off because it feels like we're close to the end um we jump on gears 5 we all boot the game up, get to the main menu, full screen message, your game is out of date, please update, bombs out of game. I was like, okay, fair enough, this is okay. And then we're look, we're all looking at the Xbox app, which is how you start all this stuff. It's like, how the fuck do you update a game in the this Xbox is, app? Yeah. This is your classic, holy shit, the Xbox app on PC is awful. Absolute it's trash, like, absolute yeah. trash. So we're looking around, they're like, can you force updates? How do you, do I have to? And also that game's 102 gig, so I'm sure as shit not reinstalling it. what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Jesus. Um, and that's without the, like, ultra texture pack you get on PC, which is, like, another 20 or something like that. Like, it's Fucking wild. Hell. So we're like, we're not going to uninstall this game and reinstall it to get the patch. Like, what? There has to be a way of fucking doing this. And we try a bunch of stuff. We're all getting the same message at some point. We've also all been in a position where none of us have ever successfully booted that game up the first time. Like, <laughs> all of us have had some kind like, of... never. Er- never. Like, never, ever. Like, every single time we try it, we've had, like, four sessions with that game now. Every single time one of us have had to restart a PC or Jesus restart an app Christ. or go into the Windows settings to fix our Windows credentials in Windows to get it to work. Like, it's, it's been terrible the entire time. But this one was like, this is not going away. We can't force an update. What the fuck is going on? So we're like, okay, screw gears. Let's try the Ascent because that was the game that came out as well. That we're like, hey, let's oh, yeah. co-op in this. We want to try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boot up the Ascent. Um, the Ascent doesn't work. The Ascent is a broken game right now on, well, kind of a broken game on all of PC, but specifically the Game Pass version doesn't have. It's missing like a bunch of ray tracing and uh, DLSS settings, which are in the Steam version, but not in the Game Pass version for some reason. And also, the Ascent matchmaking is broken if you try and do any more than two people. It just doesn't work at all. So you're like, okay, so the Ascent's not going to work either. Great. Um, let's start, oh, We've all installed World War Z. Let's just try World War Z because we haven't tried that yet. Cool. The other two guys have got it on Game Pass. 
I thought I had it in Game Pass, but I actually installed it on Epic because it was free for a while. I just left it installed because we were going to play it at some point. I was yeah. like, okay, how do we get these two things to talk to each other? And luckily when you get into World War Z, there's like a cross game, cross play codes you have to put in to like multiple. Oh, different- cool. So it does work. But then every time we bomb out to the new main menu to make a change, I have to then rejoin the game or I get kicked or something happens because I'm on a different platform. I'm just like, this is a nightmare. This is actually a nightmare. Like this should not be this difficult. Yeah. Um, so we eventually got we got a bunch of World War Z played and that was fine and then once we'd finished there I sat up and was like okay there has to be a way to force install because everyone's saying like we eventually googled it and was like yes like the the next season had just started and a patch had come out but we couldn't figure right. out how to do the patch I mean reboot the app reboot the machine nothing's gonna happen PSA for everyone who's trying to play shit on Game Pass because this is true for basically every Game Pass game as far as I can see because the Ascent got a patch as well and that didn't autoplay either Go to the Microsoft store, not the Xbox app, not the store on the Xbox app, the Microsoft store where you download fucking Dolby and like yeah. Windows apps. Find yeah. the game in there because that game will be in your like installed apps list because it's all the same system. Yeah, it's not Windows Go apps to the game page on the window, Microsoft Windows store and as soon as you go to the game page, then it will kick an update. Wow. And it was like immediate. As soon as I went to the Gears 5 page, it was like, oh, there's an update and start downloading it. And like the that Xbox app kicked crazy. on and was like, here, you need to download this update. It's like, what the fuck has ha- happened with Gears? Happened with the Ascent? Happened with some other Game Pass game I was had played and there was a patch for? Like I had to go through the Microsoft store to trigger updates. And the problem with this is I have no idea if this is just me. I have no idea because everyone has their own quirks with the Microsoft store. Right, I was like, going to say that sounds exactly like something the the Microsoft Store with Xbox apps on PC would do. Where yeah, totally. Like we like, need to talk to each other, but only one thing controls one half of it. And, exactly. Yeah, and like I know people who have never had the Microsoft Store working on their Windows Ten install. Um, I know people. Oh who, yeah, that's also a problem. Yeah, my every time I log into my PC, I have to hit a button that says "Fix my Microsoft account." Like it so pops a notification saying, "Hey, there's something wrong with your Microsoft account. You need to fix it." You click the notification, it spits up some page in the settings that says, there's a problem with Microsoft account, hit this button to fix it. You hit the button, another window pops up, it spins for a second, and it goes, cool, it's fixed. And you're like, I didn't put a password in, I didn't change a login, <laughs> nothing. Every single time I boot my machine now. Good. I and guess. if I don't sure. do that before I go into the Xbox app, I have to reboot my machine. Jesus. And it's like, this whole thing is a fucking nightmare. Like, yep. Game Pass is undeniably great value for money, but the ecosystem around it is a fucking Ducks, yeah. hellscape. And it's a nightmare. And it's yep. one of those things which is like, like maybe would affect your Game Pass purchase if you're on PC. Like it's kind of, you will never be notified if there's an update for your game unless you go through the Microsoft store. Or if you don't have Microsoft store working at all, Game Pass doesn't work, right? And it's just yeah. like, it's a nightmare. And I don't understand how it can be this bad. Like my only I thought- think, yeah, I. I I think that I've heard that like these are complaints that have been around for a while, but mm-hmm. especially now that that Game Pass has become more and more ubiquitous, people are like clamoring for a good service on the PC, and yep. they're just not providing it. Like, nope. uh, and yeah. like, so my my one of two things is is true. 
part of it might be that because they've announced Windows 11 for later this year, which is going to be, which is going to push a lot of this stuff further down into the depths of the US. So it theoretically will be easier to handle because they're refactoring all of that stuff into like a single blob of like, here's your Microsoft services stuff, which might fix a lot of this. But also if that fucks up, it's going to be worse, right? Like if it's that low level, like, I, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know what your work setup is, but I know my wife's work setup. Like, she's got, like, a work OneDrive and, like, Microsoft 365 and yeah. all these Microsoft services that are part of her work, right? Yeah. And something happened in work where, like, a bunch of accounts got weird. And, like, once that happens on Windows 10, it is remarkably difficult to, like, fix anything. So, like, you know how when, like, if you've got an app that doesn't log in or whatever reason, you can just, like, uninstall the app reinstall the app and it'll clear whatever cache is in there and it'll be be fine you can't do that to any microsoft services because it's all just built into the os so you're like which part of this doesn't like my password like i don't know and there's seven places to do it and 13 different ways of doing it so which one of these is it's the whole ecosystem is a fucking nightmare um so yeah and also the ascent is still broken except there's a patch today maybe that fixes some of the co-op stuff but um yeah, it was it was a nightmare. It was a we started playing at half eight and we didn't get into a game till ten. It was just like Jeez. this constant like, what do we do? Like, there's no solution to this. This is all hell. This is just all terrible. It's really weird. Um, it's yeah, it's not a good experience. No, and you're like, oh, crossplay is finally coming. It'll save us all. And I'm like, well, people still have to not fucking for the PC side of it. Yeah, not for the PC side of it, and also like, is this how this works? So like. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about Back for Blood, right? Because we both played a little bit of that beta. Um, I would, I, I would feel more comfortable talking about that a bit later, but yeah, sure. But like, even the experience—I've not played enough of it to comment, right? So the experience of that, which is cross-play at the gate between like everything, basically. Um, <laughs> trying to get so we had one guy who had who had it on Epic, and two of us who had it on Steam. So the Steam, if so, and I was running, I was hosting. So one of them, you can just go to Steam Friends and go like, yep, Steam Friends, just pick up yeah. immediately, invite to group. Like, okay, how the fuck do you get an Epic person into this game if they don't share friends lists? It's like, okay, what's your Warner Brothers account name? And yeah, like, that's, nobody, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody knows that. What the fuck? Like, who, who has a Warner Brothers account I, name? I had this exact same experience trying to play rainbow six siege with people on two different mm. platforms mm-hmm. where it ended up with us just saying like what is your you play account name yep that we can then search for and that apparently works yep. it's, yeah what is your warner Bros. account name and then i can add you as a back for blood friend where the first time i invite if i invite you the first time it will work but then if we bomb back to the main hub area and then try and go again, you will get kicked the first time every single time. So you need to reboot your machine. I mean, this is a beta, so to be fair, you need yeah. to reboot the game, come back in, and then invites will work again. It's just like, crossplay is a great, unequivocally great thing that should be in every fucking game. But yeah. everyone is doing a different solution so far. And it's a nightmare. <laughs> like World War Z is probably the, the easiest one I've found so far, where it's like, here's a code whatever platform you're in, put this code in and it'll work. Like, fine. Awesome. None of this, like, individual account usernames pulling yeah, yeah. friends list together and just... Yeah. <sighs> Video games got weird it's... at one point. Yeah. It's really, really strange. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's everything from me. Um, what about yourself? 
Uh, so I've got one thing to talk about, but the, really quickly, I can just say the new season of Apex started on Tuesday. Oh, I need to um, try that out, yeah. Yeah, so there's comes with... Um, the map has been destroyed for like the third time, so it's like World's Edge. I can't remember the name they're using for it. There's a bunch of like lava and stuff around now. It's interesting. It actually doesn't feel like the cha- the map's changed all that much, right. but it's there's new areas and stuff. But whatever. Um, the the new gun, which is a heavy LMG called the Rampage, mm-hmm. uh, is silly good. It's very very good. Uh, it's like broken good uh, or like. Not broken, dude. Just very, very good. Um, it's really stable and it doesn't have a lot of recoil, but the fire rate's really slow. Oh, cool. But it hits okay. pretty hard, so yeah. it's like kind of like a more long range LMG, and it has a special ability where you can feed it a thermite grenade and it ups the the fire rate. Oh, cool. So if you're if you're going into a fight, you can feed it a thermite and it becomes like a normal LMG. Really yeah. high damage, really stable, like really accurate gun. Um, been using that a lot that thing is really really good but cool. the the standout of the patch is the new legend um yeah have you played is them? ridiculously good like so crazily good like it's the way i've been describing it to people is like it's it's bloodhound but less consistent but with better information right so it is his, his abilities are he has a he has a big like tube of nanobots that he throws out yeah that after a second, scans everybody and basically marks them kind of like a bloodhound queue. But the the actual thing also has the ability of dealing a tiny bit of damage, a very small like flashbang kind of effect. I've not noticed it, but there are people complaining about this that there's like a distinct flash that happens on screen. Right. Um and it interrupts and it briefly silences. So if you're like reviving oh someone or like using an ability it stops it dead for like a split second. So you have to redo it. What's the range um, on that? Already, oh, right. do you target at barely? People? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's, it's like a tune. It's like a tunnel that our tube, like a tunnel that it makes. So right. it's not like a big OE. It's like a directed. Uh, but but, if, somebody, in front but of if somebody's static doing a revive, that's a really good way of stopping yeah. it, right? So yeah, that and it's on like a thirty second cooldown or something like that. So the wow. cooldown is pretty long, but um, but. When you pair that with his passive, which is when he ADSs, he gets like a heartbeat sensor that Ooh. is like within a certain range, your reticle has like lines that appear on it that give you the direction of people. And then when you're hovering directly over someone, it glows. So you oh. know the rough direction of where anybody is at any given time that you can fire your cue at to get right. a more directed shot. Um, does it do and is, Does it do the Bloodhound thing where it notifies them that they've been detected? No, it doesn't. Not for the heartbeat sensor anyway. Right. For the for the nanobot one it does, but not yeah, for the yeah. heartbeat sensor. So and then his ult is like he makes a big swarm of nanites in like a big cage that um if enemies move a lot, which basically means if they run or sprint, mm. um they get tracked and you can see like their 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 footprints and they get marked on the map and yeah. it tells you like how many people are in it at any given time. So if you're standing in it, it'll tell you like two two enemies nearby or whatever. So um, they, they only get tracked because this is the thing when when they were doing the the trailers for it, it wasn't entirely clear. Does it only like show them when they cross the boundary? Yeah. So there's okay. like a distinct wall that yeah. if they go through it, that's when if you start running and they are, they'll be able to see you. That's right. the. But it's so but it's, if, but if they're in the middle of the cloud and just start running, you don't see them. You. What do you mean if they're in the middle of the cloud? So like if they're in the, if they're in this dome or they're inside this cage yeah. and they're static and then start sprinting. 
Oh, you see them? No, no. If 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 they move quickly within that cage, you see them. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So if they if they start doing anything aggressive, then you get to know where they are, and it's it's better than a bloodhound scan because it tells you their shield and health level, so you know how hard they are. Um, That sounds like a it's fucking game changer for the end of the game. So it's it's kind of wild. So like the he is now like. At any given moment, he has more information than any other legend on the map, purely by ADSing, because he can also ADS while running. So he can, oh wow, have he can have his heartbeat sensor up and be moving at the same time, even without drawing a gun. So, Jesus. okay, at any given moment, he has more information than anybody, which instantly instantly makes him like amazingly good because he can just know where people are mm-hmm. um, without you knowing that he knows where you are until right. he does his, does his big cue or like throws his ult on you or something like that. So, can you do the? Because um, the thing about Bloodhound that was always really useful is once if you do Bloodhound ping and you see like it does the highlight through the wall, you can then ping the highlight and it'll show up for everyone or it shows up for everyone anyway. I'm it shows that, up for everyone anyway. Yeah. But I'm assuming that doesn't same, happen. Same, for... same thing. No, same thing. So if like, they get if they get if they get marked by your cure, you're all everybody in your squad can see them. It's the even with but not the heartbeat the heartbeat sensor. No, the heartbeat sensor right, is okay. just for you. But can you That's... can you ping people with the heartbeat sensor? Well, no, because so you're not the heartbeat sensor doesn't show the person as like shows, a physical entity. It, it just shows, shows their direction. Right, like okay. it shows them they're sure. roundabout here. Um, mm. But most of the time, what you're doing is using that to direct your queue and then yeah, they yeah. get marked on the map anyway right um, got you he is so 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 good his information is so useful and it is um so much better than bloodhound it, like having the the ability to know who's hurt just means you can direct a fight so much better because totally. you can just pick off the weak ones etc um but like i say it is less consistent because all of his abilities that give him information you can just sort of move out of. Like, yeah. you can dodge his Q or you can move out of his cage and then he doesn't get anything. Yeah. Um, it does sound like... Bloodhound, when they're marked, they're marked. Like, that's the... It sounds like a Bloodhound that's definitely going to be more useful for Arena, for sure, where it's these much more concentrated maps. No, I I, I disagree. Like, the Bloodhound... Bloodhound on Arenas is way more useful because it's... The information is unavoidable and it's a smaller range, that's so you're going to be able to hit your Q more easily. Um, I suppose, and you're guaranteed to know that there are three other people. Yeah, exactly. So see, Seer, yeah. Seer is way better in a battle royale sort of situation yeah, because right. it gives you it gives you the information you want, and also has that added ability of having the interrupt, so you could yeah. just like snipe people who are trying to revive teammates and stuff like that. The, inter- um, the interrupts. How how fast so, is the tube? Mo- so like, if you if you can. Because one of the situations you still learn to deal with is like yeah. long range sniper stuff, especially in arena. Yeah. Like, if you can... Because normally they're pretty well camped. Could, like, does it move fast enough where you could launch it at a sniper and it would actually fuck with them? Yeah. So it's like he he throws the tube out and the tube is, like, visible because it's just made out of nanobots. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And then after, like, maybe two seconds, it's like a big whoosh. And then that's the mark. Right. So you have you have enough time to be able to go, like, oh, he's firing that at me. I can move out of the way. Right. But if someone's entrenched enough they're probably not going to have enough time to move unless they like jump off a cliff or something like that. Gotcha. But it's, but even then that's good because then they're out of position. So that's the, yeah, exactly. Um, and it'll still it'll block them enough to maybe get a show off. Yeah, yeah. So the thing, I think the thing that needs to happen to Seer because he is ridiculously good is if you took two of like the five things that his Q does off, he'd mm-hmm. be way more balanced. Like right. if it was, if the Q was like the same cooldown, the same information, 
and did like maybe did the flashbang thing but didn't interrupt and didn't do damage mm-hmm. it would be way more balanced like right. it's the fact that that queue does so much for what it is already mm-hmm. and gives you all the tracking information and stuff like that it's yeah so powerful it, it was and weird is... when i started picking up apex again um i'd missed quite a few seasons in the middle so i hadn't a lot had a lot of experience with um revenant which was the first yeah. which as far as i can remember is the first um first legend that had uh silence as well i think yes his cues are silence yeah. so it took me a couple of goes to realize what the fuck was happening when i was like why is my bloodhound ping not so, going yeah, off the- the um, the, yeah. the revenant they actually made this thing point to say this the revenant silence is different to the seer silence oh where okay the seer silence is literally just an interrupt so it is if you're channeling an ability or like midway through an animation or something like that it stops it but right. you can just immediately use it after it's done again oh, it's, it's not, not like, like a... revenant where it locks it for like certain amount of the time gotcha. it's okay. just an interrupt it's not really a silence it's an interrupt it's just mm. kind of like a quick okay stop that and then you Fair can enough. do it again which again, um, for people being resed, is a really good or like oh using yeah, yeah. Spawn specific, points specifically like that. specifically the fact that you can knock people out of a res is um, does it go does really, it go through really like um, what's his name? Yep, goes uh, through terrain, goes through anything, goes it's through like, shields. Yep, like goes through shields all and stuff? surfaces, all see all wow. surfaces. It can go through everything. Okay, um, lifeline doesn't have a shield anymore, but yeah, that's. Oh, did they get um, rid of that? Yeah. Wow. Well, because um, it, well, well, because because like that was a thing from like the season one when she would have to like she could revive people faster, but she had the shield. Right. Um. Then they changed it so that her bot did it, so she could keep moving but be reviving someone at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. With the shield up, which was way 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 that too seems, good. Yeah. Because that's nuts. So they took the shield away, and now it's more balanced. Right. Um. What about like uh, uh, Gibraltar's like thing? Yep. Goes through that. Wow. Like it goes through anything. It goes through whole buildings. Like it's wow, like okay. a whole thing. Um, and it's all like deals with elevation as well so you can like the thing that we've been doing a lot is like if you are in the city in World's Edge and there are people above you like in the high rises you can throw the alt on the bottom floor and look up and see the scan go all the way to the top floor oh, so you wow. see where they are above you and plan around that um, the alt is destructible so like he throws out a physical thing that you can blow up but right. um Obviously, if you're in an elevated situation and they throw it below you, you can't fucking shoot that because it's exactly. floors below you. But yeah, he's very, 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 very good and will probably be nerfed pretty quickly. He's <laughs> also, really, really cool design. Cool. Like, I really Amazing like how design. he looks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fantastic design, really unique looking character. Um, I'm interested to see the, some of the but, costumes for him in the future. Yeah, costumes are maybe a bit um, appropriation-y. Oh, really? That's for, that's for people smarter and more well-versed in that sort of thing than me to decide but gotcha. um, okay it looks uh, a bit I, suspect to me i will probably but, play some of that tonight and i'll take a look but yeah he's 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 super 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 good um cool. we've, been, we've been having a lot of fun with it because he's really really powerful i've been looking for a blood alternative so yeah that would be yeah sears sears your guy like that's exactly yeah. what that is if you don't want to play bloodhound then seer is just that but it's 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 slightly higher skill cap bloodhound, yes. but you get way more reward for it. Totally. Um, but it needs, you need that's to work kind of that's it. kind of the it's kind of like that's not balanced. It's like yes, it's harder to use than bloodhound, but the benefit is way 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 higher than bloodhound ever is. Right. So it is yeah, that's kind of unbalanced. Um, um, let's quickly voice, break voice actor you're... is also voice actor is also Javik from Mass Effect Three, so that's quite oh, cool. right, of course um, it is. Yeah, I like that a lot. His voice lines are great. Um, he's he's really really well acted. It's pretty good. 
very quickly, just speaking of voice actors, when we rolled up to that Back for Blood beta and one of the guys in the main camp was just Adam Jensen, that, no first joke. First guy you meet. Yeah. No joke, that literally, threw me for a loop for a second where I was like, wait. Literally the first guy you meet is voiced by Elias Tufaxis and that's just Adam Jensen. And, but it's like, it's not yeah. even like Elias doing a different voice. It's like just the Adam Jensen no, voice. No, it's just him. He he only does his voice. Like that, even oh, that is just the fucking his... Expanse. Like that's, I forgot he was in he was Expanse. In that. That was just his voice. I watched someone play Mech Warrior 5 and he's in that as well, just doing that voice. That's just his voice. Like, that's just what he does. It's weird. Like, it's- that's the first time I'd heard him do a voice since Deus Ex and I was just like, wait. Like, it st- I stood no, still for a second. Yeah. was like, wait. It's, it, yeah, it is definitely the Adam Jensen voice, but that is also just Elias Tufax's voice. Like, that is just his voice. So we should go to break before you do your second thing, because we've been going. Sure. Uh, yep. So, like I said, I was looking forward to playing this in, um, but couldn't. But the soundtrack is real good. Um, it's got a very... It, it, it kind of feels vaguely cliche to say, like, it's like Blade Runner Vangelis style, but, like, this is the this is the closest to... In a cyberpunk game, who would have guessed? Weird. But this is, like, this is closer to... Blade Runner than like more synth wavy like it's very Vangelis than it is like Carpenter sure, Brute yeah. at least the first half of the album it, it kind of gets there eventually but it's very good so this is um, Sinister Silicon from the Ascent soundtrack uh, check the post for links you can pick that up and we'll be back with a little bit more after this was Sinister Silicon from the Ascent soundtrack. Check the post links you can pick that up. Um, it's not hugely available right now. It's definitely Steam and Amazon mm. US, but that appears to be about it. But it's it's worth a listen. It's on Spotify as well if you just want to check it out. Um, oh. So yeah, you have one more thing as well? Yeah, so the, the I think the only game that... Well, I guess there are other games that came out, but like the new game that we're going to talk about is uh, Death Door. Oh right, um, yes, I forgot you were trying this. Yeah, so this this kind of this kind of blew up maybe a couple of weeks ago where people started playing it and realizing how like we're going oh this thing's like legit you should try this. Uh, so I did. Um, it's really really good. That yeah. game's stunningly brilliant. Um, so Death Door is a third person kind of like Zelda, Dark Soulsy action adventure sort of game. Uh, you play as a little crow who is a member of the, the Reaping Commission, who are... They're basically Grim Reapers. They're sent out to get souls. Um, yep. Specifically, they're they're told that as long as you have a soul out on contract, you begin aging. So if you want to keep living, you have to keep going out and getting your souls that your oh, contract is going to get. Okay. Uh, and on your first contract, your soul that you're contracted to get gets stolen from you, and you get told... Hey, if you want to like stay alive, you need to go and get these other three souls for me because I want to do this other thing and I need the three souls. So that is the conceit for you going out into the world and killing these three big bosses to get their souls. Um, it is a very simple game. Uh, it has like an attack and it has a charge attack and it has a dodge roll, and that's kind of all you've got. 
You've got magic as well, which take the form of like as to start with, it's just like a bow and arrow, but it gets upgraded to be different things. Um, which is kind of where the Zelda element comes in because those upgrades let you interact with the environment in different ways, and so unlocks new pathways. And it does, and that I like. I like the magic system because it is it encourages people to not rest on it. Because you would think if you had like a bow and arrow or like magic and stuff like that, you could just sit back and cast your spells or whatever and kill stuff. Yeah. But you have like four uses of magic before you run out. And the only way you get magic back is by going and hitting stuff with your sword. So it's encouraging you to like not sit back. You have to go in to recharge your mana and hit people to get the mana back to use your abilities again. So it is, it's a good kind of like self-looping combat system where you need to hit stuff to get mana to cast magic and then go back in to get more mana Mm -hmm. Uh, feels really really good to use the attacks are really snappy and um, hit really well like the hit hit conversion is really good and the dodges feel really like the iframes on the dodge feel really well it's just a really nice game to play it feels really good to play if it, um, from what i've heard it's, it shares a lot that i mean because it was a previous game but like it, titan souls was kind of like that as well yeah it feels yeah, like that yeah. was the good part about that game and it looks like they've carried that over pretty well really yeah really tight controls it's really it's like the, the boss fights are challenging obviously but it's not um dark souls in the sense of like if you die you have to do a corpse run to get your currency back or whatever it's just if you die, you go back to the checkpoint and you have to get back to the boss again. It's not... Um, I described this to one of my friends as like, it would be what Dark Souls would like if Dark Souls actively wanted you to play it. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. But yep. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Um, but, so yeah, the combat's really good and the the boss design and stuff is really clever. They are all like, they have unique mechanics that you can play around with and it bounces off your abilities in really cool ways that I don't want to spoil. Um, the dungeons are really well designed they are designed like zelda dungeons where it is like you start out in the dungeon and there's a bunch of paths blocked off until you get the ability or the item that lets you interact with those things and then the dungeon opens up again um so it's it's a cool exploration um it has a really cool dungeoneering aspect to it that's really cool um the thing i like most about it is the the soundtrack's amazing. The The soundtrack is so, so good. It is... Um, I played it for one of my friends and they described it as having, like, big Ori in the Blind Forest vibes where it is, like, really chill, relaxing music that really knows when to ramp up in the right sort of situations. So the... The overworld music and, like, the town musics and your exploring musics are all, like, super chill. It's a lot of, like woodwind instruments and acoustic guitars and very folky so it speaks to me quite a lot um but when you get into like boss fights and higher tier combat system it ramps up it gives you a lot of like drums and like bigger percussion and it knows when to get big um which is is really really well handled Um, is it it one of those games because i've been seeing quite a few of them recently or maybe it's just like the games i've been playing recently but a lot of them have been doing the where the music is it's not just it's not just like it changes track like it's dynamic like layers of instruments come in as stuff happens so uh, i don't think it's that but there are there are distinct tracks but they are blended really well and they feed into each other really well right it's not like um yeah it's not like dynamic tracks where like they just swap between having like different instrumentation or like Mm. 
the one I can think of the best is Octopath Traveler, where it's like yeah. there are multiple like linking bits that link all the parts together. They're just the the music all has like a theming that works really well when they li- they link into each other. So it mm-hmm. is they're distinct, but they feel together. Is right. the the point? Um, thing looks really cool. It has like a, a kind of like flat color sort of styling. It's really you'd you'd have to kind of see it to get the yeah. idea. But the the character designs are really unique and really really quite cool, and it ties together with the the writing as well because the writing is really charming and quite endearing and really funny it seems like genuinely it is, funny some of the stuff i've seen it's genuinely yeah. yeah it's genuinely really well written there are a lot of really good gags in there it's it's not what i expected from that game but it is it is genuinely made me laugh and it's quite it, it's really fun to read and the character designs kind of tie into that where it's like when you go to the reaping commission there are like a couple of other reapers there and one of them is like very clearly this like old haggard reaper who's been around for a while and he's like smoking a cigarette the entire time even though he's a crow yeah. and it's like saying stuff like oh man these like advances in healthcare are going to be the end of us and stuff like that like it is <laughs> nice. it's like snappy writing like that that really works um and there's like the the crows that are like desk people that are just sitting there going oh man i really love paperwork and she's sitting there like mailed it's really it's, it's cool it's endearing it's really well done um Shout out to best new character of 2021, which is Pothead. Um, I've seen who, this guy around Twitter quite yeah, a lot. In, in Dungeon 1, he is the character that you meet that kind of like explains the the, the zone to you. Right. Uh, and he is fucking fantastic. He's brilliant. <laughs> um, he is he is like your stereotypical sort of like what whole adventurer style person, yep. but is really inept at it. So... <laughs> nice. Is like it's it, it, again endearing is the word that I would use the most. Is like you I, you really like Pothead because you're just like oh man you're such a lovable fuck up that it's hard to not like Pothead. Yeah, and you meet him multiple times and it's all really good. Um, I saw the I saw the intro where you meet him and he bows and some soup falls out of his pot and it's like yeah, yeah okay and this is a cool he, design. He, he then brings up the fact that um, his head is full of soup and it's delicious and he really wants you to eat his soup. Oh, you're like. No, I, I don't really want to try your soup, Pothead. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's... it's And you meet, like, there's, like, forest folk that you meet that have, like, there's a really cool scene where there's, like, a, they tell stories through songs and, like, they get instruments and tell the story of the land and stuff. It's brilliant. It's really well done and set up. Um, the other favourite character is one of those forest folk whose instrument is, like, a set of bagpipes on a stick. Nice. That's his instrument. And he's, like, a bard. So like, and it starts like telling your story, and it's oh, doing it cool. with this bagpipe on a stick. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, like the game itself, it it really, even though it had that hype of like people saying, "Yeah, this is really good. You need to check this out." I didn't believe how good it was until I started playing it. Like mm-hmm. it is, once everything kind of comes together, and you've got how good it plays with the music working and the the really good writing it all comes together to make this kind of like really amazing little indie gem that you 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 always get like one or two of those a year that are like these really surprising all oh, this kind of came out of nowhere and is like amazing um this is definitely one of those for this year so i encourage like anybody if you like like zelda games or like the the action sort of combat games or like 
it, it's not even it's not overly difficult or anything like that. So really, anybody could get into this and play it. So I really encourage everybody to go out and play Death Door. It's fantastic. It's really really cool. It's not expensive either. It's like sixteen pound on Steam. Um, yeah, play Death Door. It's brilliant. It's cool. a fantastic thing. I don't want to talk about it too much because it yep. kind of ruins it when you talk about it too it's much. It's also not but... a largely huge game, right? It's not a particularly long no, game. So it's not particularly long. So I'm like towards the end of the third dungeon and I've only played for like six hours, five hours, sure. something like that. Like it's not Good. overly long. Um yeah, totally cool. play it. It's amazing. Um when we come back next time I will play a sample of the soundtrack because it is so good. Um cool. but yeah, really, really good. Um, cool. Uh, so there's only a couple of bits of news um, that are interesting to talk about. The so the first ever beta firmware for PS5 got released to. Uh, they had like a like a beta testing program basically, and the first one mm. got pushed out. There's a bunch of kind of big changes, but one of the big changes is the enabling of um, adding M2 drives to your PS5. So a bigger ssds basically um and ps5 uses m2 which is the ones that are kind of somewhere between an ssd and like a ram stick looking thing um very easy to install i watched somebody do it it was like yeah you pop off a like one of the panels and it's just right there you cl- click it in screw oh, it in cool. and that's it the problem is that so there's a there's, there's a couple of things so the beta firmware came with a list of and they, they they said this at the start. To be clear, is that like you can't just put any M2 in here. Like they have a bunch of requirements in order to be able to do like the fast loading stuff and and all this right, kind, right. and all the stuff that needed. Because um, you can you can just you can still hook up a like a USB drive to your PS5, but sure. you just you just can't play PS5 games off of it. You can play PS4 games off of it. You can't play PS5 games. But for the M2, it's like you can play everything off of it. And it's stuff like it has to be PCI Gen four. It has to be more than two hundred fifty gig has to have specific read speeds it has to have and then there's a specific one about heatsink like it has to have a heatsink on it which some ssd oh. which which some m2 don't but you can buy heatsinks for it um there's specific length requirements and height requirements in order to be able to get fit there's a bunch of stuff in there so basically what happened was they put all this stuff out and then all of the companies who had obviously been working with Sony for a while started putting out their M2 drives as like, this is compatible with um, yeah. thingy. So there's a couple of them. Um, the one that appears to be the most popular um, is the WD Blacks. This is the Western Digital Blacks, which are like their gaming yeah. range, like super high spec yeah. things. So the Western Digital Black SN850 SSD um, with heatsink for a two terabyte one is four hundred twenty nine dollars, which is as co- as much as the console is. Yeah, uh, two forty nine for one terabyte and one forty nine, one forty for five hundred gig right now. Um, they're expensive because they've got yeah. all these requirements on them, and like there's Aorus, Patriot, Seagate also have ones with various with or without heatsink. Uh, with heatsinks, they're the only ones that are there, and then there's a bunch more that have. Or don't have heat sinks but have the stuff there but it's one of those things which is just like read every single part of this or of the requirements or go to lifehacker has a really good article that's like here's the ones we know about that are compatible here's the ones that definitely aren't like pick one of these yeah but m2s are fucking expensive like they are really oh, yeah. expensive right now so be warned um and then it was end of 
fiscal. Well, that wasn't even end of fiscal. It was end of quarter. So there was a bunch of like fucking business news that was something else. So to put in context of where Nintendo is right now, they said compared to the first quarter, this is from the Kotaku article, compared to first quarter, sales are down 10%. Operating profits are decreased by 17%. Net profit down by 13%. They sold half the number of Switch lights they did in the first quarter, blah, 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 blah. Which sounds bad, except that their profits per year are currently up 400% because of Animal Crossing. So sure. it's definitely dropped, but also they're still doing fucking gangbusters. So it's fine. But yeah, sure. But when you do a sales call, when you do a call to your investors at that point, it's like, yeah, it's down, but like, it's not. But the problem is, it's not growth. So it's like, oh no, like what's happening? And it's like, no, just Animal mm. Crossing is super fucking well. We're fine. Don't panic. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Nintendo are doing okay. And Animal Crossing, despite our feelings about that game, did all right. So it's a- I mean, yeah, I I expected that Animal Crossing would probably do fine like that. Yeah. Not a surprise. Um, so the, one of the other big ones was this Exola stuff, which just broke me for a while. Sixola is a company based in Russia that do, um, uh, say, uh, not sales. Um, what's the term? Commerce, like e-commerce for games. Like if you, if like if you can buy, um, crystals or currency in your game, Exola is like a, a middleware that will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you do they, that, they but, also, ha- I think they also handle like um, subscriptions on Twitch and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. and then I think they're, Mag- they're Magic, big- Magic the Gathering Arena does it. I think is what. They yeah, use it for that. For gems and stuff, yeah. EGS uses it, that kind of stuff. Anyway, pretty popular. But basically, so the reports came out that they'd fired 150 people or let go 150 staff members. But, and again, a thing to keep in mind in all of this is this is a Russian company, so all of this stuff is being translated from Russian. So take yeah. from that what you will. But the email here said, or the, the email that announced the, like, the, the firing of 150 people from their office in Russia um, was translated like this. Uh, this is from GameWorldObserver.com. You have received this email because my big data team analyzed your activities in Jira, Confluence, email, chats, documents, dashboards, and tagged you as a unengaged and unproductive employee. In other words, you are not always present at the workspace while you worked remotely. Many of you might be shocked, but I truly believe that Exola is not for you. Um, we partnered with seven HR agencies. We'll help you find a good place. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you for your contributions. So it was like, so basically what they're saying there is that they used all of this big data that a lot of companies are very cagey to talk about the fact that whether they use or not use, but yeah. they're basically saying that, so like Jira and Confluence are people who are, who are not in fucking business. Why would you be? They're like um, issue tracking and like documentation systems. Like we use them. Um, so like Confluence is like basically like a giant wiki and Jira is for like ticket tracking, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Gmail chats, documents, so, and like Slack is, uh, Slack records all of these conversations and all of this data is available if it's wanted. Um, and they basically said that like, yeah, like they slashed a bunch of people that they determined to be unengaged while working remotely based on all this big data stuff. Um, which is fucking wild. Like that yeah. is, I've never seen that. I've never seen that explicitly said before that like, yeah, we looked at the big data and you're not working hard enough. Like, I'm sure that goes into decisions or like, yeah, I'm sure badly, but like the fact that they just came out and fucking say it. So this was the original story was like, they fired a bunch of people based on big data and that's fucked. 
And then it just got progressively worse as the week and a half went on, where it was like a bunch of tweets. So this is from, what's the dude's name? Uh, Alexander Agapitov, I want to say, is the pronunciation of that, who's the CEO and founder of the company. Um, He did a call with um, a Russian games website, which said that they... Layoffs were due to the fact the company had stopped showing 40% growth, which is a fucking <laughs> wild percentage of growth, but sure. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. In order to make up for the slowdown, the decision was made to cut the company's wages fund by 10%. They then sacked the employees with the lowest performance metrics. Um, most of the layoffs are in the Russia office because the salaries are lower there compared to the US. Um, it's like 40% of their headcount. Primarily infected line employees, not managers. Um, but they didn't take into account git commits only all the other shit as if that was going to save them um, and then people did the trolling that was of the trolling of messages which was like yeah if you look yeah. at his twitter account and you're like yeah like messages that can be translated roughly as work your fucking ass off or get your fucking ass out Just yeah like, okay cool um all of this kind of stuff. so that was the original stuff and then like they basically uh, kataku pulled together this whole timeline it was basically like okay this email goes out um, they said they would get compensation packages and help from HR finding new jobs. Um, a bunch of email uh, messages went around that was like, yeah, just as a reference, they were using Slack. Slack provides you all this data. Keep that in mind as you work yeah. at your place with Slack. Um, he held a press conference on Facebook to try and follow but, up on it, which made it worse. Like, is the thing is the thing that they're tracking in Slack just how much they use Slack? There are some... Because you could, you, you could be using Slack for work. Like, that's not... Totally, but it's like... There, I, again, the word engagement gets thrown around a lot, which is a word doesn't mean anything, or it can mean whatever you want yeah. it to mean, basically. But it's stuff like, how much time are you spending on? This is speculation. I don't know. I've never seen this data. I don't know what this data actually yeah, entails. Of course, yeah. yeah. But um, stuff like, are you having a lot of one-to-one conversations not on the official channels? Are you spending a lot of time in channels that are not official work channels? Are you? Because obviously Slack tracks your, if you've got the app on your desktop, tracks like inactivity. Because like if you walk away, it will set you as away. So it's tracking that stuff. Um, all of this is true of Microsoft Teams as well. Just FYI, yeah. I think it was, oh, I wish I could remember, was it Wirecutter? One of the big websites did a big dive on like, here's exactly what Teams will record if they want to record and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's all there. Um so then he was, so then people started reporting on this dude um, and said, so Ag- uh, Agapitov went on to share a post from someone on Facebook praising his decision to allegedly to lay off allegedly lazy workers. Quote, a friend of mine from a large corporation says that according to his feelings, only half of them are working. The rest are drinking coffee and lying in massage chairs, sometimes distracting themselves with work. <laughs> cool. Uh, that's a great thing to have. And then finally here, this was the one that really got me. So it was an interview with Medusa. I don't know this publication very well. It's a Russian publication, but so take from that what you will. Um, yeah. Ag- Agapitov said that the idea to lay people off came from Silicon Valley. Quote, the idea is not new. We have been discussing it for over a year. We looked at what Netflix, Harvard, and the Navy SEALs have, where they constantly, <laughs> wait, 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 where they constantly remove the bottom 10% in terms of efficiency. And thus constantly improve the quality of human capital, he said, based on our translation by oh Kotaku. Oh my god, okay. Like, there's so much in there. It's like, 
This is what the Navy SEALs do, so we should do it. They are constantly yeah. churning their bottom 10% and the phrase quality of human capital. And you're just like... Yeah, the yeah. human capital is such a fucking awful right? phrase. That, yeah. um, he also said that they added that the company plans to do this again in six months if it's not growing fast enough. Sake, wow. You're just like, 40%, even for like harvard business people is a wild percentage to yeah, put on is huge for you, growth yeah yeah like you can't wow that was just yeah so that whole thing is fucking wild so um cons that, that that will continue to be reported out i'm sure but man yeah, sure. that but again this is totally a thing like um a lot of big silicon valley companies do this kind of thing like if like canonically oh yeah the, 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 it's like famous that the companies like that do their whole like fucking mass firing to rehire people sort of thing yeah it's, but it's, yeah. Not, it's not even that it's like the internal bartering but i think it was i don't quote me on it. i think it was facebook that one of this originally broke with where it was like i think amazon was the other one as well where they were like the six monthly review basically scores every employee they set a line at the bottom and everyone under that line gets fired so like Jesus, okay. so like even so, so like if everyone was working like it was out of 100 and everyone's working between 80 and 100 they would set the bar at 85 and kill the last 5%. And it's yeah. like, because you're, because, because that's a way to, because, because that's a way to encourage employees by which means scare the shit out of them that they might lose their job. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's fucking wild that that's the thing. Um, yeah. And then the last thing was the follow up to the Activision Blizzard stuff, which, like, again, we're not going to talk, like, there's plenty of reporting out there. Go read about yeah. the, the accusations. It went, exactly, it went exactly as everybody thought it was going to go. Yeah. So, but specifically the thing I want to talk about, again, people should 100% go and familiarize yourself with what the fuck happened because it's terrible and I just don't want to talk about it because it's that bad. Yeah. The, yeah thing I do, the thing I do want to talk about though is their investor call. So again, end of, <laughs> end of quarter, a lot of people were looking at it because this, this, the lawsuit happened two weeks ago and two then ago. Yeah. this week was their investor call. So you're like, okay, this is the call that goes out to all of their investors that they have publicly and press can listen in. So how are you going to deal with the fact that there have been mass walkouts in two parts of your company, a lot of big reporting that hit mainstream. Yeah, massive negative press. Massive negative press. Like, how are you going to spin this, right? Are you going to spin this? Is there going to be some accountability, right? All this kind of stuff. Um, And the short answer is, fuck no, of course there's not going to be any accountability. Of course not, yeah. So this is from the Kotaku um, coverage of this call and they were in on the call as far as I can tell um, so I'm just going to quote this bit verbatim this was the context in which CEO Bobby Kotick and his lieutenants went into the company's most recent earnings call on Tuesday during the call there was a nauseating two-step of quote we care we're listening yet at the same time quote call of duty machine go burr like yeah. that appears to be the succinct it's kind description. of exactly what everybody thought it was going to be which was like they're going to make a bunch of provocatory statements that don't mean anything yep there's going to be, like, people are going to step down, which they did. J. Allen Brack and stuff stepped down. Yep. Um, their head HR person, I think, stepped down. They were, like, oh, like yeah. There was, yeah, a bunch of people got stepped down as, like, a, hey, we're listening, these people are going away sort of thing. Yep. But everybody knew, because you've seen this millions of times before, that doesn't mean shit. Like, it doesn't actually mean anything. They're just doing this to do it. Like, it's a what is completely the, what is the minimum? Thing. What is the minimum we can do yeah. to make this go away or pe- make people stop yeah, talking exactly. about it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um also has the added benefit that everybody seemed to be talking about of um, now Bobby Kotick gets what he's always wanted, which was he now has more control over Blizzard, which is so now they get to like Activision are now kind of in total control because Bobby Kotick just sits at the top with no other 
people exactly. below him uh, or on on par with him or anything like that. It is exactly what everybody thought was going to happen, and it is still a hundred percent not good enough. Yeah. Um, but it's exactly what they're going to do, and they're probably not going to do anything more than that. Yeah. So, so, so like I said, I, th- I think we, we talked about this at length last episode. But the thing that's going to make changes is multi-billion-dollar fines or yeah. some kind of put- because again, because this is a lawsuit rather than just reporting. Like, there's going to be some like somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose, right? And it depends how badly yeah. they lose if they lose. Like, whether there is going to be like you need to allow employees to unionize, right? And like yeah. that kind of that thing might come yeah. out. Must be like serious fines, all that kind of stuff needs to be. Oh, also needs to the be whole, done. also the whole um, them hiring the union busters. That was also a point. Will, Wilmer Hale was the name of the company. They're the, Hale, same, yeah. they're the same ones that Amazon hired to try and start union busting when people started threatening to unionize. Yep. Yep. Um, that's 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 really good. That's not you showing you're scared at all. Totally. That's... So yeah. So the other the other part of this, which kind of again encapsulates the tone of what the rest of this call was like. And again, I'll there's a link to this article on the post if you want to go read the thing, and you should. Um, from Morgan Stanley's Matthew Cost as he opened up the meetings Q and A session. Quote: Can you talk a bit more of what you're doing and what you'll do to address these issues? And then just secondly, can you expand on any of the impact to productivity as you work through the situation? Do you expect any impact on the pipeline? Response from CEO Daniel uh, Allegra. Um, our companies are truly our greatest asset. Quote and pointed out. Employees are truly your greatest asset. And pointed out that the company recently hired law firm accused of union busting William Hale to lead an outside investigation. He maintained that the company remains committed to diverse hiring and equal pay for men and women. Also, quote, the pipeline is progressing well with a strong lineup planned for the second half of the year. Several new titles across PC, console and mobile from Blizzard, alongside more great experiences from Call of Duty, Candy Crush and Warcraft coming in 2022. It's the, and all of the conversations go like this. It's like, we're listening. We're going to do something. Don't worry about it. By the way, Overwatch yeah. 2 is still coming out. And you're just yeah, like... By the way, by the way, Call of Duty. That's the, yeah, yeah, like zero, like... It's it's wild watching the quotes from this come out, right? Um, it, yeah, like and at the same at the same time, it's fucking crazy, but totally expected. Oh, totally, like, it's like, exactly what you thought. Yeah, and again, the hope would be that because this is an actual fucking lawsuit, they would do something. But like again, they can't do anything. I mean, they don't, they don't, ha- they they don't, don't have, to. have to do anything no, until the lawsuit actually happens. Yeah. like they, yeah. And even then, like this if, is- they, if, if if the lawsuit happens and they go to court and then it comes out that. Yeah, you broke the law, and you need to do something about it. Then they'll do something yeah. about it, but they don't need to. do And it also, now. the other part of this is that they are. Um, this is an investor call, right? So they're trying not to spook investors. So they're going to down. Sorry, yeah. they're going to downplay as much of this as possible to stop to not spook their investors, right? In case people yeah, start dumping yeah. stock, right? Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's fucking wild to watch this dance happen. Like, of course, again, of course this happens. This is probably every large company's call. Like, Ubisoft had the same call. Like, all EA has the same call. Like, this happens. But it's like, how close this is to all of this happening, all of this internal turmoil and reporting and all this kind of stuff, how explosive, well, not explosive, how severe some of the accusations are, um, that they're still playing this down as much as they are um, in the hope that the assault just goes away. Um again like here's the other quote um this is jen o'neill who's now the new co-head of blizzard um after uh, jay allen left uh first off there's nothing more important to me than our people and i know mike yabara who's partnering with me to lead blizzard feels exactly the same since i joined the studio at the beginning of the year i've had the privilege of working closer with the diablo and overwatch teams and i'm seeing great progress in overwatch 2 and multiple games at the diablo universe you're just like 
okay, like that first statement means nothing, but don't worry, there yeah. are games coming. And it's just like, yep. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that Kotaku article's in the thing. Bloomberg had a really good report on this as well. Um, and Axios, I think. Where's Megan uh, Farrakhmanish these days? I think she's at Ax- Axios. I think she reported, she did a really good report on it as well. Um, sure. It's worth having a look to see, just to get, again, the thing we said last week, just to get from the horse's mouth, here's how they, here's how they are treating these people like and they're yeah, open about yeah. it so yeah um yeah that's everything i've got um i think that's everything yeah that's everything yeah, i've got i think that's everything yeah cool um so what's coming up um i did start playing the world ends with you i only got one session in for various reasons this week the game still seems pretty good um i really like yeah the way that's going so i'll be plowing through more of that over the next two weeks um Anything coming out? There totally is, and I can't remember. There's something oh, there big in the next okay. two weeks. Uh, is there new releases? Is What's there? this? The tenth. God, uh, Godfall doesn't count. Nope. Uh, Tetragon. Oh, Road eighty six is the sixteenth, which is ah Road ninety six. Ninety six. Sorry, did I say six yeah. or nine? <laughs> no, you said you said like eighty six. Oh, like Road ninety six. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and that's just the tail end of what we're doing. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe there's not. Huh. I swear to God, I thought there was. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's nothing except Run 86 and then 12 minutes. No, the... more hero... no More Heroes 3 comes out the week after the next podcast, right. which is... Yeah. Uh, 12 minutes is out in the 19th as well as Recompile, which is a game, which are two games I'm very interested in. Um, and then... Fl- oh, yeah, 12, 12 minutes should be really interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then Fireteam... Aliens Fireteam Elite is the 24th, which I'm really interested to see how that pans out. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I Expect You to Die 2, which was the VR game we talked about earlier, is also Oh, nice. Cool. That comes out. I played the demo for that. Um, it's really good. They are doing some really good yeah, things. Yeah, the first game was really good. Um, and then Murder Mystery Machine is also the 25th, which is a game... Uh, I recorded some stuff that we never actually got around to doing the Steam demo. I played it during the Steam demo festival thing. It's a really good, yeah. like, point-and-click... Um, CSI-ish game which is very much about like finding contradictions and statements and g- g- like scoping a room for evidence and all this kind of stuff it's a really cool looking, yeah, machine, yeah. Uh, looking game cool. it's very cool um, so yeah there's stuff coming but maybe not between <laughs> the next podcast so maybe we bump out a week and we see how it goes yeah um, but yeah so until then GameIndustore.com is the name of the website you can find all our videos articles and podcasts are up there we're on YouTube.com slash GameIndustore subscribe there get notified when we put new videos up we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Gaming to Start, you find us there. Podcast at GamingToStart.com is the email address. And that's us. Stay safe. Enjoy whatever you're playing. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.